Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day as we wrap up the week. Plenty to talk about. We had an interesting USDA crop report out yesterday, and we're going to get lots of analysis of that uh, report. We're going to talk with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net, and also we'll be talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone and get their thoughts on uh, the numbers yesterday and where we go from here. And, of course, the trade talks with China are still going on, and sounds positive. A lot of uh, good vibes coming out so far. We'll see what that may or may not mean. Are we going to wind up with a mini deal? Some are uh, are kind of uh, forecasting that. Remains to be seen, but uh, today will be a big day in those talks, and we look forward to uh, uh, finding out what comes from them. And we'll have plenty of, of analysis on that coming up on Monday. Meanwhile, of course, uh, China stepping up soybean purchases. We'll be talking about that with Matt and Arlen later in the program. The other big story, of course, continues to be the weather. Depending on where you're at, either where you're at, either snow or rain, temperatures are dropping. A lot of harvest challenges, especially in the state of North Dakota. And joining us now for an update from there is Rusty Halverson. Farm Director at the American Ag Network, based in Fargo. Rusty, thank you for uh, being with us. Uh, what are your conditions like today? Well, uh, thanks for having me, Mike. And, uh, you know, it's 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 not all that great here in the Fargo metro area. We're able to get around town just fine. The, the streets are wet and whatnot. And the last I heard, we only had about four-tenths of uh, snow here in Fargo. But in other uh, areas of North Dakota, if you go west, if you go north, we've got no travel advisories. They want people to stay home. I think there's already been like uh, 10 inches of snow in the capital of Bismarck, and it just gets worse as you as you head to the northeast, the Devil's Lake Basin, into the northeastern uh, corner of North Dakota, the northern Red River Valley. Going to get a lot of snow, and it really snarls things up for, for guys who, are, who have crop in the field, obviously. And you have a lot of crops still in the field, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we sure do. In North Dakota, uh, according to USDA earlier this week, only only about 8% of the soybean crop harvested, 5% of South Dakota. We're way behind there. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, dry beans north of Highway 2 in North Dakota. We've heard reports of about... Uh, uh, half a yield loss on fields uh, because of weather up there. Our uh, our intern, Charles Wallace from North Dakota State University, talked with Greg Endres from the Carrington Research Center, which is in southeastern North Dakota. And around that area for soybeans, they're saying maybe hold tight until spring because we've got a lot of uh, a lot of green matter out there in the field yet. For corn, you might want to take the weaker stocks first. Otherwise, might want to put that in the deep freeze for the for the winter too. Custom harvesters for the corn that's going to be chopped. 
Uh, Greg Andre saying that uh, the custom harvester is about two to four weeks behind schedule just because of this crunched time frame that we that we've been facing here. So yeah. So so your 2019 harvest may carry into 2020. <laughs> oh man, it's just like this is deja vu all over again because in 2018 we had that wet fall and a lot of guys didn't get things harvested, didn't get their tillage done, didn't get some fall applications on for nitrogens thing things like that. So. Everything was compressed this spring and delayed this spring, and now, now Mother Nature gives us this. So, uh, yeah, it's something to put on Twitter. I tell you what. What are your temperatures? Well, here in Fargo today, uh, woke up to to the 30s. Uh, earlier this week, we had the 60s and 70s. I contemplated golfing, but I did not. <laughs> I I regret that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's been such a dramatic turn for the season, and it's not you know it's not unprecedented. And you you can talk uh, talk a little bit of history. I think is back in 2013 when he had that that big winter storm. I think it, uh, we called it like Hurricane Atlas was the name of that, and it uh, dumped about 55 inches of snow in Leeds, South Dakota, lost a lot of livestock. This one's been well advertised, you know, get get the cows back closer to home if you can because they might have trouble digging down into the forage uh, that's out there. But uh yeah, this this isn't what uh this isn't what we wanted, Mike, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and this year it's been on both ends. I mean, it started this way and now it's finishing this way. Yeah, you know, and we've got a lot of resilient growers up here just like everywhere else in the nation, but doggone it, this is enough is enough, Mike. Come on, can you call somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah. Uh, and even and even for North Dakota, where I often uh, kid uh, those of you there that yeah. uh, your summer's about two weeks long, it yeah. seems like. But, I mean, even for you, though, even though it's happened before, this is, this is pretty early to be getting this for yeah. an average year, right? Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, my newlywed wife, Sabrina, was looking on Facebook, and she said one of the the valuable things about that social media platform is to remind you of past events. And a year ago, we had some snow at this time, too, in Fargo-Moorhead. But normally at this time of year, you know, if you can get the trick-or-treating without any snow, you're happy. But it looks like this year that might not happen. And this is in South Dakota, mm-hmm. in the Minnesota. I mean, it's pretty widespread. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's uh, there's travel advisories not only for eastern North Dakota, but also northeastern South Dakota and northwestern Minnesota, too. Uh, roads are bad. A lot of schools have, have been called off. And, uh, yeah, this is a nasty, as Bryce Anderson was saying yesterday, this is a nasty, almost spring-like kind of a, a mm-hmm. winter snowstorm that we're getting. So, yeah, not not nice. What harvesting did get done before this system came in? What were you hearing as far as yields were concerned? Well, as far as yields were concerned, wheat not bad. We've got Durham wheat. I think USDA said nearly uh, 80% harvested as of Sunday. And again, Monday, Tuesday, we had some good weather. So I I think a lot of guys were uh, just uh, trying to really go after it Monday, Tuesday on beans or on wheat or on uh, canola, anything they could because again, if we leave it out there, there's that uh, there's that issue of shatter loss and whatnot. But the progress, uh, I think those USDA numbers from Sunday uh, will improve in Monday's numbers, not like jump to com- uh, completion, obviously. But uh, I think on Monday, Tuesday, those were very suitable days for a lot of folks to get things done. So I'm curious to find out where we're going to be at next next week. 
And again, uh, you have such diversity of crops. You have yeah. a number of crops still out there that need harvested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking sunflowers. We could have some lodging issues for those. Uh, the possibility of seed shatter there also. And then uh, it's just a buffet for blackbirds out there, too. So there's a concern for sunflowers. We talked about the dry beans that we've got, canola, spring wheat, durum, soybeans. We're, we're very diverse. And and. Highly variable. I mean, some guys, Mike, were really lucky to get their stuff out, but for the guys that haven't, now we've got we've got a you know just in the pit in your stomach. You're just wondering what what's going to happen next. All right, Rusty. Thanks a lot. Yeah, uh, you bet. Welcome back from the honeymoon. Yeah, and congratulations thank you. to you and Sabrina. Thank you, and, sir. Uh, uh, you probably she's probably saying, why didn't we stay in California on that honeymoon a little longer, right? I, I'm saying that too. We shouldn't never got on that plane in L.A., man. <laughs> she, she, she'll probably remind you of that several times. Oh, Rusty, for the thanks next a lot. Five years. That's right, or more. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Rusty Halverson, farm director with the American Ag Network, based in Fargo, North Dakota. Up next, we're going to take a look at uh, yesterday's crop report numbers. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net joins us stay with us here on aoa adams on agriculture brought to you by Cenex premium diesel Cenex premium diesel diesel that doesn't mess around Recently on Adams on Agriculture, well, the American Farm Bureau Federation has released a proposal for the future of U.S. milk pricing provisions and marketing order reform. Here to tell us about it is John Newton, chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, thanks for joining us. Uh, wow, the dairy marketing system, the pricing system is a complicated one and has not really been uh, overhauled in some time. So this is quite an undertaking. You, you know, Mike, there's an old adage in the dairy industry that, that uh, three or four people know how milk is priced in the United States, and, and they better not all get on the same airplane. Uh, milk pricing is, is very, very complicated, and I think our folks, uh, our voting delegates in January, asked the American Farm Bureau to put together a working group uh, to think about ways to modernize and update uh, what's now a, an 80-year-old system in the United States. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. You can't buy a best friend. You can love them, walk them, pet them, and care for them, whether they want you to or not. You can take a picture or 50. You can fly to the moon, travel the world, or just stay in bed. You can't buy a best friend like that, but you can adopt one. There are millions of pets waiting for a best friend just like you. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. 
I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Interesting crop report yesterday from USDA. Let's talk about it with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net in East Central Illinois, where Matt's at. Okay, Matt, what was your takeaway from yesterday? Well, you know, yesterday was definitely an interesting day in that, uh, you know, corn yield going up uh, 0.2 bushels. I mean, I, that really didn't shock me. I, I, uh, I thought that they could trim corn uh, a little bit, uh, but I didn't think that it would be trimmed a bunch. Soybeans down a bushel, uh, in my opinion, was justified. I think that they could have done maybe a little bit more than that. I think the real surprising thing for me, I guess, was on the demand side. I mean, I'm not expecting corn exports to be all that rosy unless we get information we don't already have. Ethanol demand obviously has been struggling. I'm not, I'm not thinking that the USDA had that terribly wrong, but the feed and residual usage category for me was a head-scratcher after learning last week that they missed the mark by about 300 million bushels. You know, uh, USDA last year for feed and residual usage used 5.615. Uh, we've got animal numbers up 2%, and they dropped this year's feed and residual to 5.3. I just, I don't totally understand that. And so, uh, you know, I guess that was one of the head scratchers for me. Well, lots of anticipation with this uh, crop report, but now, I mean, the focus seems more on on the weather. I mean, will that be more of the market mover than this report or not? Well, yeah, I think that basically what we what we had yesterday, and I'm sure there's people that would dispute this, but I think that we had probably the bleakest demand that we would uh, potentially have, first of all. Second of all, with the weather, as you just mentioned, uh, you've got to assume that you're going to lose either some bushels or quality. Uh, you know, people are looking at the Dakotas, uh, you know, especially in the areas where they're getting quite a bit of snow. And I know that there's not as much production, uh, but bottom line, uh, they're certainly not having good weather. You know, some of the areas with really good production, they're just saturated. And so you've got to ask yourself, what's the timing going to be for those bushels coming to market? Uh, and then what's the quality going to be? And so those two things are certainly going to factor in. A lot of those guys are still looking at 28 to 30% corn. There's not many good drying days, if any, that are going to happen from here on out. So you've got to think test weight's going to be an issue. So, again, you're going to lose some bushels. And I think that your uh, carryout last uh, yesterday, 192, probably the biggest one we're going to see. We just heard a report from uh, North Dakota where it sounds like some of their crops will not be harvested until next year sometime. Um, 
But now here in central Illinois, across Illinois, we had a good week. Now on hold with some wet, cold weather, but it looks more favorable going into next week. Uh, what are you hearing as far as some uh, yield results around you? You know, the yield results we're hearing on corn, uh, you know, the good flat black ground, uh, even where it's tiled, has been a disappointment. And we kind of knew it would be. Um, you know, it just didn't have much of a chance with how many, however many five-inch rains a guy had. I mean, uh, uh, certainly uh, put it through the ringer. Now, where the water was able to get off, uh, both corn and beans were hearing some yields that are pretty good. Now, they're nothing like we had last year or the year before, uh, but pretty decent yields. You know, I've heard of a couple of 220s, and I've heard of a couple of guys uh, and gals getting 70 bushel beans. But last year, a lot of folks right in here amongst me and over there where you're at, Average 80 bushel plus beans. So, you know, if you're carrying a 60 bushel average, uh, you know, it's pretty easy math. And so it certainly has been uh, a bit of a, tr- a struggle, a little bit of a challenge. But the yields aren't a complete train wreck. It's just nothing like what we've seen. We're talking with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Uh, Matt, also to figure in all this, uh, we're watching closely the China news, which for the moment seems positive. Yeah, it does seem positive. It seems like there might be a concession or two made. You know, the way that you uh, frame this discussion, I guess, is going to be what it boils down to. I know President Trump said all along it was either all the deal or no deal, but I think uh, if he gets pushed hard enough, I think he's going to understand that at some point he's going to have to give on something. And so if if they term this that, hey, Everything's still on the table. We're just trying to work our way into this agreement. If they uh, would guarantee a 30 million metric ton of of uh, soybean purchases and maybe some corn purchases and obviously pork, uh, by all means, that's exactly what the U.S. producer needs to needs to see happen at this stage of the game. Do we have higher prices coming? You think? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that we have wildly higher prices coming, but I certainly wouldn't have thought we'd see $10 beans anytime soon uh, two months ago. But at this stage of the game, I think it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to march towards 10, probably see some 10 handles on the board. I don't know that nearby we'll get there, but it wouldn't surprise me by any stretch of the imagination because, uh, you know, you went from a 640 in one month down to a 460 the next month, and don't forget three to four months ago we were at a billion. So, you know, I mean, you, this is a different situation what we had. South American weather, we can't go to sleep on that. It's going to have to improve substantially. But there's big implications, not only for soybean production, but for the timing of the planting of that second crop, safrina crop for corn, uh, which could certainly get into their dry season, uh, which, again, is going to certainly uh, play into the world export market. What are you seeing and hearing on basis levels? Basis levels are great on corn. Basis levels on soybeans aren't so hot. And so, you know, uh, whether we want to talk report or not, I think that the producers got to pay attention to what the market's telling them. There's not big carry from Dece to July on corn, big carry from Dece to July on soybeans. I know most producers don't like storing be- uh, beans in the bin at home, uh, but this year is definitely a year that I think that could pay dividends. The market's trying to tell the producer, we really don't want your beans right now, but we'll pay you good money to store them, whereas on corn, the market's trying to tell these guys, we really want this corn right now. And I, I think basis on corn is going to back off uh, between now and the end of harvest. Uh, on the other side of the uh, harvest is where it's really going to get interesting to see if we see better basis levels than what we see right now. Because, quite frankly, right now, uh, over where you're at, where I'm at, really all around the Corn Belt, historically, we're looking at really good for this time in the calendar year. 
talking with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Matt's in uh, East Central Illinois. Matt, as uh, uh, we look at uh, where the markets are now, and we've got a lot of things to take in. We've talked weather. We've talked harvest. We've talked uh, trade with China. We're looking at what's going on in South America. Uh, a lot of different uh, things hitting this market, it seems like, all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of information. You know, we've had times here in the last couple of months where there was no flow of information, but there's certainly a lot going on in the market. Uh, again, I think a producer's got to try to tune tune out the noise, though, especially if he's able to get in the harvest and uh, make some decisions. Uh, you know, if you don't have corn sold, it has to go across the scale. Listen to what the market's telling you. But otherwise, uh, by all means, there's a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. And I do think there's opportunity. For instance, if I was a producer who was selling my corn across the scale, uh, I believe, or taking it across the scale, I do believe I would sell, and that's what I've been doing. Uh, the difference between reowning, for instance, a March call uh, at the money and paying storage to get myself out to March, uh, it's cheaper to buy the call at the money. And so, you know, uh, you got to ask yourself, is would an increase in basis or an improvement in basis help pay for uh, those storage costs. Well, a lot of years you could say that, but keep this in mind, Mike. Last year in the thick of harvest, AD indicator was running 35 cents under the board. Uh, today we're running 12 cents over the board. Uh, that's 47 cent difference. So that's a completely different uh, set of circumstances that a producer needs to uh, be able to think their way through. And again, I think the best thing to do is is, is certainly to uh, at least on a decent chunk of bushels reward the market now. And if you want to stay in ownership, it's awfully cheap to do so. Did MFP payments uh, give farmers the better option of hanging on to more grain, though, rather than uh, selling right away? Well, certainly in some cases, yes. I think, uh, you know, it generated some cash, gave you a little bit more flexibility. The only bad thing about that, Mike, is that that's not always such a great thing whenever you have to re-up your storage at the elevator now in a perfect world we have we would have enough to store old crop and maybe some new crop at home but you know as well as i do that's typically not the case and so the thing that i was a little bit uh, frustrated with and hesitant about is that you know if a producer was going to have to re-up uh, you know on the, the minimum of whatever it might be 15 to 20 cents uh, then they've got to make some bold assumptions on what basis and cash price is going to do uh, as well as of course the futures market and so you know, if they didn't get rewarded on that, uh, that 15 to 20 cents that they put into it was certainly going to be costly. Now, fortunately, we've seen a bit of a, of a rally in here. But anybody that did this with commercial storage needs to pay close attention because they've been able to pay for it and get rewarded right now. Uh, there's no guarantee that that's going to stay around forever, though. All right, Matt. Good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. All right. Take care. Matt Bennett with Ag Market. So, yeah, there's a lot for the markets to look at, a lot happening right now, still watching what happens in these uh, trade talks with China. Uh, Coming up next, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone, will give us his thoughts on yesterday's USDA crop report and where he sees markets going from here. So stay with us. More to come here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. 
There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. With Make-A-Wish, the impossible becomes possible. A girl battling cancer can become a race car driver battling the course. The boy showing all the nurses his fire trucks can take the helm of a real one. Wishes can give kids with critical illnesses the strength to keep fighting, get better, and grow up. Where there's a wish, there's a way. Wishes need you. Visit Make-A-Wish at wish.org. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. In the grain and oil seed sector, positive tone early on this Friday. Following the release of the WASD report on Thursday by USDA, traders said to be shifting their focus back to the trade talks in Washington, D.C. between the White House and Chinese negotiators. President Trump is set to meet with China's top trade negotiator Friday afternoon, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time at the White House. The president saying... The trade talks are going very well. November soybeans erased intraday gains yesterday to close a fraction lower. December corn tumbled lower to its lowest level since September 30th. On this October 11th, an hour into the day, December corn up 11 and a quarter at 391 and a half. November soybeans up eight and a half cents at 932. January 946 and three quarters up nine and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat, December up seven and a quarter at 542 and a half. Chicago wheat, December up 10 and three quarters at 503 and three quarters. Kansas City, December up a dime at 413 and a half. Livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures. The December contract is up 32 at 111.75. Feeder cattle, November down 32, 143.80. January down 22 at 140.20 per hundredweight. Cash cattle, some bids being renewed at 105 per hundredweight on a live basis in Texas, but asking prices still continue to hover around 109 to 110. Lean hog futures, December up 55, 69.02. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow is up 398 points, S&P up 45, NASDAQ up 136, crude oil up 62 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. USDA numbers, weather issues, trade talks, lots going on for the markets uh, to react to. And let's talk about it with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us. Let's jump in on the crop report. Any surprises for you yesterday? Yeah, it sure was a surprise that USDA raised their corn yield estimate two-tenths of a bushel rather than lowering it. Uh, as a former agronomist, that uh, it was a big surprise to me looking at the conditions we had this year and based on the yield reports that we were hearing from across the Midwest and collecting. Um, I do not understand it from a logical standpoint, but I know it doesn't pay uh, to fight the USDA numbers. That's what the market's going to trade. That's what reality is to the market. That's what they're going to do. And uh, people have fatigue of hearing uh, bullish slant and then being disappointed. What about the soybean number? Soybean number did fall in line with expectations. Uh, ratcheted down, and, and that's that's really what we expected for corn as well, just a a relatively small reduction in both corn and soybeans and then a more significant reduction as we get into the November report. We've got a tremendous number of uh, corn and soybean acres not yet mature as we bring it into the growing season across a large portion of the Midwest, uh, and uh, we think that's going to contribute to the losses as well. We expect to see ear weights and pod weights uh, go down in the November report. Well, each month that goes by, each report we get, supposedly we're getting a more accurate picture of what's happening out there and what is out there. How accurate do you feel? How confident are you in these numbers? Uh, well, it's it's hard for me to be confident in them. I, I don't want to get people's hopes up because the USDA numbers are what the market's going to trade, and that's what's going to be reality for the market. But if you ask me what I base that on is uh, USDA's procedures – is to go into a cornfield, count the number of ears, count the number of rows of kernels on those ears and the number of kernels in those rows. And then from a weight standpoint, what they multiply that times, if it is not yet mature, then they will simply use model weight or or a long-term average weight or what the models say the weight should be rather than weigh it itself. They only use the actual weights of the ears for corn that is mature. Well, in this report, that was 29%. So 71% of this corn crop, um, they simply used model weights. So that would seem to give a lot of opportunity for change down the road if, in fact, those corn ears for the later planted corn are lighter, as the agronomist and me would argue. That compares to 80% was mature at this time a year ago. So that's a huge difference. And over on the soybean side, same thing. They model um, any, the pod weights. They count the pods and then model, use five-year average weights for anything that's not yet mature. 
Well, this year, 75% of the soybeans they sampled were not yet mature, and we know from talking to agronomists out there that those beans, a lot of cases, are smaller this year, or you'll have a three-bean pod that have two beans that are good size and then one small bean in it or something like that. So 75% of those pods, though, would still be assumed normal weight. So here again, that argues why we think the pods are going to get lighter going forward, let alone with the freeze damage that we're seeing now this week. Uh, But we'll have to see what USD actually does. Talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. So we have snow, rain, freezing temperatures. Do the markets react more right now to weather or this crop report? Uh, to, uh, I think they're reacting to China more than anything. Uh, yesterday it was all about the crop report. Today it's all about China. And uh, obviously our bigger concern here is with corn because it's what went down hard yesterday uh, in addition to wheat. Um, but when corn opened last night, it remained above yesterday's low and has been rallying since on hopes that we get a trade talks. And we actually are looking at some pretty good chart signals right now if we can hold this and we don't have a tweet come out that says China's going home mad or something like that. Well, let's talk about China's purchases or announced purchases. Are these announcements or are they actual sales? Well, there's been both. Um, USDA is the only ones who really confirm sales, and we've had significant sales of soybeans, although those still fall short of where China used to be. 2017, trade war started in May of 2018, so we go back to 2017, China peaked out in purchases of U.S. soybeans at 36.12 million metric tons, or a little better than 1.1 billion bushels of soybeans. There's been some talk that they would um, guarantee 30 million metric tons from us. That's in a low-demand environment, so that means they would buy less from Brazil, and so Brazil would have to knock its price down in order to get as much of the non-China business as possible, similar to what we've done over last year. That by itself is not enough to really sustain a rally. Um, But if you put that together with a smaller crop, then it suddenly does become a significant factor where you have to have rationing of Western Hemisphere supplies of soybeans. On the corn side, there's been rumors, but no confirmation, that China may be interested up to 10 million metric tons of corn, that they may be interested in significant quantities of ethanol. That, too, could dramatically turn the corn balance sheet around, especially, I would say, especially the ethanol uh, purchases would change the psychology of the market. But here again, we don't know, and there's a little bit of a cynicism in the markets. Promises is one thing. Sales is another thing, but actual shipments is what is really the proof in the pudding. So this uh, rally we have now, and if it's focused a lot on China, so even if there is an announcement, is is a lot of this now built into it? I mean, is there more downside uh, risk here if there's not an announcement than there is upside potential if there is one? Well, I think if there is an announcement, we could certainly consolidate at higher levels, but it does change the market sentiment. That's not necessarily enough to sustain a rally, but it could break us into a sideways trading range then to see if the shipments happen and when they happen, how aggressively they happen. This whole 
bearish commodity market started on May 24th of 2018 when the trade war started and the funds went from a commodity inflation mode because the, the global economy was growing to a commodity deflation mode because the economy's global economic growth was going to slow, so therefore demand for commodities would be down, so they started really shorting the commodities. So it would change that psychology of the marketplace and I think that might allow us to establish a sideways range and then wait for shipments and see how big they are and get a final handle on the size of this year's crops. And, you know, the thing to watch, I think, is is the president really changing his position about willing to accept a lesser deal, a, a mini deal, so to speak, rather than insisting on the larger comprehensive uh, package? Well, I'm seeing some give and take on both sides, and, and you defined the, the question, the key question on the U.S. side very well. He doesn't want to give away too much leverage that he might still have on the bigger issues. But I think there's some significant things happening on the China side as well. Um, China has no reason to really want to deal with some of these tough issues, but yet they brought 100 negotiators on this trip. That really surprised the U.S. team. That meant that if an issue came up, they wanted to have the people present to be able to deal with that in quick order. And I think the key to this may be actually Hong Kong. African swine fever, to some extent, that's creating a, a, a protein crisis for them. But Hong Kong, we in the Western world do not realize what an affront the Hong Kong pro-democracy protests are to them. They want to deal with that more aggressively. And if they do that with this trade war hanging over them, that makes it a lot more difficult. So if they can get the trade war off the table, that may give them some more freedom to be more aggressive in dealing with the Hong Kong issue. And uh, I, that may be part of what gives us a window of opportunity here. But we have to be careful because it's, it's been the case for decades with China. When you get close to an agreement, it can fall apart. They can try to renegotiate as they did May 1st. Right. It's not done till it's done. Uh, and even then, you wonder uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, enforcement and things like that. But it sounds like as this harvest stretches out, as it looks like it will, Arlen, this could be a wild ride here with the markets. It really is. And this story is far from being told yet about this year's crops. It's just that the markets are tired of it now. They've been hearing about it all season long. So we're going to have to have actual proof. Come January, we're going to have to have smaller numbers, and uh, that means some bigger export numbers as well with the trade deal would really help with that. And watching what happens in South America, they've had some challenges to the start of their planting season. Uh, this, we, this That's a story to watch, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I talked to our office in in, uh, in uh, Campinas, Brazil, this week, and they said they're not worried about soybean production totals, although it will delay soybean exports, which means China may need to get more from us before their soybeans are available, but the more significant threat is it will delay their planting of the Safrina corn crop, which could reduce their Safrina corn production next year. That's what they export. And so that could help boost U.S. corn exports next year. Wow. A lot happening, and we'll keep a close watch on it. Arlen, as always, thanks for your perspective. Thank you. Good to talk with you. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Lots going on with the harvest weather challenges and the trade talks and the the crop report. Uh, We'll keep you updated right here on AOA. Coming up next, we're going to talk... 
tiling, drainage systems. Wow, that's a big part of the landscape these days. Uh, We're going to get an update on uh, that industry next. Stay with us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612, 800-664-2612. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Why are more people heating their homes with FS Propane? Because it's better to work with a company that lives and works in the same community that you do. When it comes to the comfort of your family, trust FS. We have highly trained service professionals who monitor your system for proper operation, safety, and maximum efficiency so you can be sure that FS Propane will leave your family with a good, warm feeling all season long. Contact your local FS Propane specialist today. FS Propane feels like home. Visit fspropane.com for more information. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're very happy to have with us today Chief Ag Negotiator for the U.S. Trade Representative's Office, Ambassador Greg Dowd. Greg, good to talk with you. Lots going on. Uh, Let's start with U.S.-Japan. That deal, take us behind the scenes in negotiating that from an agricultural standpoint. What were the key areas and uh, the challenges you faced in getting that deal hammered out? 
So what we've done here is, is Japan is now our third biggest market, 14 billion in ag trade. About uh, 5 billion of that was already duty free. Japan is going to reduce uh, agricultural tariffs of uh, $7.2 billion. We're going to match that with a reduction in industrial tariffs. And the good news here is uh, Congress does not need to touch that. Uh, thank goodness, Mike. And uh, we, uh, we now have a situation where the Japanese diet uh, has to uh, review this uh, deal. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's, it's our roads. It's, it's our safety. safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And uh, hopefully we're going to get some good news out of there, and uh, we'll watch that closely. Back during the Farm Progress Show uh, at the end of August, there were several tiling demonstrations going on. And I remember going out in the field uh, during the Farm Progress Show to, to watch those, and big crowds had uh, gathered around to uh, watch and uh, at that time, I remember talking with Ryan Carter, National Sales Manager for Agriculture for ADS, and he joins us now. Ryan, thank you for being with us. Uh, I would imagine uh, your your industry, the tiling industry, uh, wow, it, these have to be busy and exciting times for you. Yes, absolutely, and uh, thank you for having me on today. And as you said, uh, you know, pretty exciting times and very, very busy right now uh, as the the weather cycles we've experienced this year, we've had extremes in the spring that have, have brought uh, some flooding and some prevent plant uh, and, and really have a visual for why drainage is so important. Well, tell us about ADS. Uh, tell us about your company and what uh, sets you apart in the industry. So uh, ADS uh, stands for Advanced Drainage Systems. Uh, we were founded in 1966, and we're a comprehensive water management solutions company. Uh, focusing on managing a precious uh, resource, and that's going to be water. Um, what sets us apart in the industry is going to be our focus, uh, and we, we're focused on those that our products uh, are being used by. So the farmers, the land improvement contractors across the country, uh, and we are looking at doing that in a sustainable way. One of the, the company focuses focus is how we uh, can reduce our carbon footprint, how we can be good stewards of the environment. Uh, we've made 
heavy investments across the country and in our fleet to to lower our carbon emissions uh, and heavy investments in uh, in recycling technology and positioning ourselves as a state of the art uh, recycler and actually one of the fifth largest in North America um, and we we do that through a large uh, network of production facilities so from from California to, to New York down to Florida, um, we have agriculture products utilizing those those investments that we make. Um, and this year, we've actually produced uh, agriculture drainage products that have been installed in, in a sustainable fashion from Belize all the way up to Canada. So we we have a very wide um, footprint and coverage area to, to service the whole agriculture industry. Well, you mentioned technology, and I, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. What What is some of the new technology in the uh, the, the tiling business? So some of the, the newest technologies, uh, and, and it really goes back a few years, uh, as harvest technology has, has increased um, and, and new uh, GPS and monitoring systems, uh, the, the wave right now is, is basically having all systems talking um, together. So whether that's monitors in the field that, that tell you uh, when to kick on, a, a lift station, when to kick on to drain the field and when to hold it back, uh, automated uh, products such as water control structures for, for nutrient management, um, and then also from the, the drainage plows and machines uh, from, a, from being smaller and compact to be able to get into more uh, land um, across the country or uh, advancements in the actual GPS technology and the, the equipment that it's being used to install. We're talking with Ryan Carter, National Sales Manager for Agriculture for ADS. Uh, so, Ryan, obviously the, the the big benefit on those wet fields, get that water off there so uh, uh, farmers can get out there on those fields sooner. What are some of the other benefits uh, that growers may, uh, may not think about when it that they could receive from uh, having a, a tiling system? So one of the biggest misnomers is that tiling is only beneficial uh, in wet years. So if it's not raining, you don't get a benefit or you don't get a return on investment. And that's actually uh, you know, quite the contrary um, is true. Um, so actually in a, in a dry year, you get just as much benefit because uh, we know historically, you know, it, it, it rains in the spring. We usually have some dry periods, July, August, first part of September, uh, when the crops are really needing to uh, to utilize nutrients and moisture. The benefits of drainage, we're, we're active, actually lowering that water table uh, in the spring and allowing for root development. Uh, specific, specifically in corn hybrids, it, it really is, is pronounced. Uh, the better you can develop that root system early in the growing season the more uh, more yield you get and the more nutrient uptake and efficiencies and water management that you that plant has uh, because when the when the rain stops in the middle of the year that root system is six eight ten inches deeper uh, than than if that water table was higher uh, early in the growing season so there is a, a immense benefit for for tiling in wet years and in dry years so it's a year over year you're going to see a return on investment. 
I mentioned Ryan that uh, I saw you at, at the at the demonstration out in the field at the Farm Progress Show, and there were a lot of people there asking yeah. a lot of questions. Very curious. Uh, I would I would think the extreme weather that we have the the changes in the weather back and forth one extreme to another that's probably really uh, increased the uh, the interest. Uh, hasn't it uh, for tiling and it's uh, created some probably a lot of questions from farmers about uh, whether or not it would be good for their farms absolutely and we we see in in wet cycles uh, when it's there's limiting factors on getting sprayers out to the field uh, getting planters in the in the field uh, when we see crop variation when we have all those visual reminders uh, that that's when a lot of the questions come up, and that's when when growers across the country really start to think about, you know, I should have tiled that, or um, you know, next year we're not going to go through this same thing. We're going to put the investment in uh, to improve our land. Uh, so you're absolutely right. This year has been a lot of conversation um, that our teams have been taking across the country. Ryan, thank you for being with us. Uh, very interesting, and uh, we appreciate. It. We'll talk again. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Ryan Carter, National Sales Manager for Agriculture for ADS. That wraps up for today. Have a great weekend, everyone. Be sure to join us again on Monday here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.